The Catholic Channel Sirius XM 129 presents The Jennifer Fulweiler Show She really has a unique perspective I love hearing a Catholic mom's take on real issues I think that's really the draw And now, from Austin, Texas Here's Jennifer Fulweiler Hey there, and welcome to the Jennifer Fulweiler Show, your source for fresh takes on pop culture and the spiritual life. Your friend Jen joining you here from 2 to 4 East, that is 11 to 1 Pacific. So delighted to have you with me here on this fine, fine Monday afternoon. As you know, I had a three-day weekend, sort of. I mean, I was working on Friday, but I was working on my book. I wasn't on the air. So I didn't know about you, but I I didn't feel quite ready for this Monday to begin. But I have a great, fun show that I think you're really going to enjoy. Here in just a second, starting right out of the gate, we are going to talk to Brees Sokolowski. You might remember him when I did my epic tour of London and Rome when we were out going to Rome for Lino Rulli's wedding. I stopped through London and I had a great chat with Brees. He has catholicfundraiser.net and I, I got a lot of great tips from him that I often think about for when you have to ask people for money. And even if you are not a professional fundraiser, I guarantee you at some point in your life, you are going to have to ask someone for money. Maybe it's your boss asking for a raise. Maybe you'll set up some little cookies that you're selling after mass to raise funds for your ministry. Or maybe your kid is part of an activity where they're selling from the little catalogs. We actually just bought one of those coupon books from our neighbor kid the other day. At some point in your life, you will have to ask people for money. I know that most of us hate it. We dread it. We are no good at it. And that is why we have Brees on the show. I'm really excited to chat with him. Again, he's out here from London, so I also wanted to talk to him about just his experience of the church out there in Europe and in the UK. So he's a really interesting guy. I've got him here right now. We'll go to him in just a second. But some other things that you'll hear later in the show, we're going to talk about how Nicole Kidman did an interview last week where she talked about how when she won the Oscar in 2003, it was actually one of the loneliest days of her life. Isn't that interesting? We'll talk about how these video game developers, they, you know, they they have these really realistic video games, but they're baffled by why they can't quite seem to get the eyes right. I think there's kind of an interesting theological truth there. We'll talk about some stuff that Bishop Barron has been saying that's so interesting. I think it's an analogy that will really change your spiritual life. And then later, about an hour and a half from now, we are going to have a spoken word poet on the show. He does this really cool kind of he he's sort of like a preacher, but he the way he preaches is in this kind of poetic way. It's very hypnotic. It's very cool. So we'll be hearing from him about an hour and a half from now. And as usual, if you miss any part of today's show, you can always look it up on demand on the SiriusXM app. So you can listen to full episodes at your convenience there. And let's get started with Brees Sokolowski. You've got to look him up at catholicfundraiser.net. He's got, let's see, he went to the University of Texas at Dallas, where he earned his bachelor's in electrical engineering. Then he got a master's degree in engineering management. He's worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers, Accenture as an IT consultant. And now he specializes in helping Catholic organizations raise the funds they need to succeed. So we'll talk about that. But again, we'll also talk about what you and me and the average person can learn about how to ask people for money. It is a skill we all need. Very excited to talk to Brees. Brees, welcome to the Jennifer Fulweiler Show. Thanks, Jennifer. 
Thanks to be back. It's great to be back on. It's great to be back in the United States. Great to be back in Texas and great to be back in Austin. Um, I just love being here. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. So it's so nice. I don't usually have in-studio guests, so it's nice that we can actually sit down and, and chat with each other in person. And Brees, how long has it been since you've been in the United States? Well, so I, I flew back. I grew up in Dallas and I left about probably a little over 10 years ago. And um, I just came back for the month of October because it's... Um, it's supposedly not supposed to be 90 degrees anymore in Texas. Uh, right, supposed to be. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to. So uh, I came back about a week ago and uh, started in Dallas and met uh, some family, some friends, and also connected with a few Catholic organizations while I've been here uh, to kind of, I guess, spread the, work, uh, spread the word about w- what I do um, through my website, through the work that I do, just trying to help just anybody, whether you're um, a large Catholic organization or just trying to um, raise some funds for yourself um, after Mass or whatever that may be to, to try and, I guess, help people with, with fundraising or, or almsgiving or stewardship because it's something that's very important but yet um, not really talked about or how we actually do it. Yep. And, and Brees, people who are on Twitter, who love Twitter like I do, they can look you up at BreesCatholic.com. And Brees is actually spelled like Bryce. It's B-R-I-C-E. So that's Brees Catholic on Twitter. They can look you up there. And and so, Brees, when I think of the work that you do, I mean, truly, no one is worse at anything than I would be at at, ask, at fundraising, at asking people for money. And I think a lot of people have that reaction that, oh, that just sounds so stressful that, you know, you, you've got to ask people, even if it's a good cause. It just, that's stressful to ask people to part with their funds to help your organization. So let's just start with, how did you get into this? You, you know, again, you worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers. You have a background in engineering. How did you go from that to being an, a professional fundraiser? I guess everything starts out with um, asking the big, scary question, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Oh, uh-oh, yeah, that's dangerous. <laughs> and um, and somehow it uh, he, he's, he's asked me to work in fundraising. It, it Looking back now, it looks like an easy transition from my previous work as a consultant and kind of engineering. I think it, it all fits in. But um, it was just guided by the Holy Spirit, um, a very good spiritual director, um, daily Mass, um, when I started getting into this, because it was very, very difficult to begin with. It still is a bit, but not as much as uh, as it ha- was in the past. So it was just, um, yeah, I kind of transitioned. I was helping at my local parish that was running a massive fundraising campaign, where actually the diocese um, where I was living in London was doing a massive fundraising campaign, and um, I thought this would be something I could help with. Wow. The, and, and so, and did you do that? Like when you worked in IT consultant, did you do, uh, did you do fundraising in particular or you? No, I was, I was just, you know, it was the classic business job. You know, you go in, um, it, it was almost like not to go too much into the details and bore your audience. Um, it was just, um, I had an engineering background and I was just going into companies and helping them with their IT systems, um, looking at how much, the total cost was and trying to add, you know, add and subtract the numbers to try and figure out, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And um, I was very, I, I understood numbers quite well. And in the business world, you have to understand dollars and cents. And um, that's kind of helped me transition to fundraising where in the past, I had never even thought, you know, going, you know, to Sunday mass and, you know, speaking with my priest that, you know, the church 
does need funds and you know when it needs to raise a bit more or it's looking to raise for a certain project um there you know they kind of need to do things that um i was doing in the business world so i i told my parish priest hey i'm comfortable with doing things like this well i thought i was but then when you do it with the catholic church um, it's a whole new ballgame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and actually, Brees, that's something I was going to say. One of the things I, I, I love about what you're doing is that you specifically focus on fundraising in the Catholic world, hence your website, catholicfundraiser.net. That, and, and I think we do have kind of a special need here because one of the things that, that I have seen that has been interesting to me since I go around and speak at Catholic conferences, I have my own Catholic women's conference, and just you know hearing about different organizations that I work with and their needs – there is this kind of unspoken truth that seems to be out there that it, it seems like it is a little harder generally for Catholic organizations to raise money, at least in this country, as opposed to, say, our, our Protestant brothers and sisters. So to, to give you an example, I have some friends who run an evangelical women's conference, and they just put it out there. They said, we, we'd like to get some women together, and um, you know we, we hope that people will support us in this need because we think there's a need for this. And I heard people behind the scenes, they were saying like, yeah, this one, you know, this Christian bookstore, they wrote us a $100,000 check and this other organization wrote us a $30,000 check. And then Hallie Lord, who's also on this radio station, Breeze, she and I do a Catholic women's conference. So we said, oh, good. Oh, people want to give money to women's conferences. And we would have businesses say like, I'll give you $250 if you'll mention our name 50 times you know, at your conference. And we were just laughing like this is, man, this this ain't the Protestant world when it comes to fundraising. Has that been your experience, Brees, that it, it's harder to raise money in the Catholic world? I mean, I, I would have to say yes and no. Um, sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, it, 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 it's very, very interesting. If, if you look at the statistics, it's always said that Catholics give less, but then I think we give to a lot more different things. I think our giving is a lot more spread out. If you look at collectively, the Catholic Church, I think, provides the most um, worldwide aid um, than any other organization. So I think each Catholic has their two or three different charities that they already give to, and I think in the Protestant world, it's much more unified. So you'll give through your 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 parish, and that parish will then distribute it. And it, it's true that they do um, constantly talk about it more than us. Um, I think probably a little too much. Um, but then again, with the on the Catholic side, I don't think we talk about it enough. And so I think I think th- that we can find a better balance. Um, but yeah, I think there's some work to be done within the Catholic sector. Yeah, it's uh, and I think one of the things might be that the the Catholic Church, especially among people who are bought in, going to mass, engaged in their faith. I mean, it, it's just a smaller world than the evangelical world in, in this country. But maybe that's different in countries where there is it's a predominantly Catholic country. It might be kind of a different landscape. So that the, yeah, go, did you have a comment on that? No, no. Um, I, I, I in the United States, everybody looks to the United States as probably being the most giving country in the world really um absolutely um i think the even in the protestant sector where where i live uh, just with the church of england uh, the church of england uh, the, yeah they don't give as much um so yeah united states is just I I can I can never say the word even though it's in my business philanthropy is always best in in, in united states there it's just something written in the hearts with americans that you know we just give 
Interesting. Well, that's good. Okay, so so that so that's good for people who need to ask for money. And this is this is what I was especially interested to talk to you about, Brees, because yesterday, in fact, our neighbor's kid came to our door and he was selling, you know, the little coupon books and stuff. So of course we helped him out, and, and you we can't got say one. No to a kid. I know you can't say no to a kid, but I've had to do that for some of my kids' organizations where they they give us this stuff that maybe it's a catalog or something that we're supposed to sell. And I get so stressed about it. And I've had to do it in the business world when I've had to ask for more money, ask for a raise. Brees, I get stressed when I'm asking for reimbursements. You know, like the, the company has me go somewhere. I put it on my credit card. And I get stressed just asking to be reimbursed, which is so stupid. So that's how bad I am about asking for money. So what, you know, let's say someone is listening who they need to ask for money in, I don't know, let's say they're trying to raise funds for a, a good organization that they're part of. But they they just feel stuck. I mean, what do you do? You go bother your neighbors? Do you bother your family? I mean, and and you feel like you're bothering people. What what are some ways we can kind of shift our mentality when it comes time to ask other people for money? Well, I think step one is to recognize that well, one the the feeling the fear will never leave. It's it's always difficult to ask somebody for anything. I think that's just embedded in who we are, and it's the 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 classic fear of failure. Um, which 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 happens with everything. So, um, step one is to recognize that it's never going to go away. Step two that you could probably do is is I guess prep people on what you're doing and try and create some some kind of awareness, some buzz, some attention of what you're trying to do, um, what you hope to accomplish, and uh, that you hope that people will reach out. So even before you ask somebody for money, to just I guess be aware that it's going to be difficult. Um, that you can create some type of attention, how people can get involved. And so if anything, people will approach people know how to approach you even before you approach them. Oh, and then I see. And then and then the last step is to to approach people. Um at the end of the day, the people who are gonna give to you are always the people that are around you. Um a classic I, I, I get Several several Catholic organizations come to me per week, and they ask, "Well, can I find a magic donor? Um, can I just go out there and can I Facebook it and just hope that somebody <laughs> sends money?" Um, I mean, likely likely no. I mean, I would I would love for us all to have, I guess, angels of fundraisers, yeah, like a fairy godmother. Like, like, like here's a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> You've never heard of me, but I just want to give you this money. That's not how it works. No, no, unfortunately not. It's not going to happen. Interesting. Okay. Cause, uh, so, for example, I have a friend who is launching a kind of a podcast thing. It's, a, it's an evangelization thing. He's trying to make a go of it. And so I'm, I'm thinking, what would I do if I were in his situation? So I, th- I love these tips that you gave us, Bree. So you say, one, accept that that fear of asking for money is never going to go away. And that's okay. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It just means accept the fear. It's there. It is what it is. And then number two, I, I like this. I hadn't thought of this. Create awareness of what you're doing. Create buzz before you ask for money. This is a great point, Brees, because if someone walks up to me and says, hey, Jen, I have Project XYZ. Will you give me money for it? And I've never heard of Project XYZ. Then I think, well, I, I what I'm really thinking is, well, I need to think about that because I don't know what Project XYZ is. But it might come out as me just saying no, because the reality is I haven't wrapped my mind around around what this is and why it matters. So that's a great insight, Brees, this idea of create buzz before you ask for money. Lay the groundwork of, of what you're doing and, and why it matters. No, that's exactly right. And even within that, you have to, it's a classic, 
you have to ha- find clarity in what you're actually trying to do. You might think it's oh, I'm trying to I'm I'm going to make a podcast that's and it's very clear in your mind what you're going to do, but then when you try and explain it to people, you you're lost for words. You're, you're saying things and people don't make sense of it and you know if 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 you if people can't grasp what you're trying to say and what you're trying to do um it's ve- it's going to be very hard for them to to get connected and and try and donate and for the most part from my experience of asking many many catholics to to give one catholics do want to give so it's all written in our hearts to give so we don't have to be scared that people don't want to give they do want to give it's just that you know everybody's working really hard everybody has obligations everybody has family they, either they're married they've got children you know everybody's struggling with life it's you know for goodness sake it's it's monday we have to get up and we have to keep going so people when they want to give they're looking for places that w- would would value their hard work and say you know i worked really hard for this money and i want to give it to somebody that is going to make a difference with the money that I worked really hard with. So we have to acknowledge that um, it's not just about asking people for money. It's asking people for their hard-earned money and to tell them that it's going to go to a great cause. They understand what it is. Um, they're excited about it. And, um, you know, when, when they give, the, what the great thing is when you get them excited and they do donate, they're automatically going to tell their families and friends. And if they really know what you're going to do, um you 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 you're gonna you're gonna get more donations because people people donate to great causes um, without a doubt from my experience. Wow, that is so okay, Brees. You hit on something so important there, and again, I I really encourage people to look up more of your tips that you share freely at CatholicFundraiser.net, and people can hire you to work with them to you know get consulting. They can also look you up on Twitter. You are at Brees Catholic, and Brees is spelled like you might think it's pronounced Bryce. So that's B R I C E Catholic on Twitter. I really encourage people to look you up. So this is this is a really important point whether it comes to fundraising or just any time you have a project that you want to get the word out about, whether it's increasing donations to your kid's private school that you know, you'd know you like to see them succeed, selling cupcakes after mass or whatever the case may be, know your mission. I mean, Brees, I think that's what, that's what you were just saying there. Know your mission. And here's the thing. I think all of us feel in the back of our minds like, yeah, I know my mission. Like my friend with the podcast, I bet if you ask, do you know your mission? He'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what my mission is. But here's the thing. If someone says, okay, well, tell me, tell me in two sentences what your mission is. 90% of the time, it breaks down when you actually have to put it into words. I experienced this myself, Brees. I've been telling the listeners that I recently signed a big book deal with a great publisher. And one of the things that tripped me up is my agent, before we did this deal, before we were talking to publishers, she said, Jen, do you, you've got to know what this book is about. We're about to be getting on the phone with you know big, important people at these publishers. You have got to be able to answer the question, what is your book about? And I said, I told my agent, I said, Lisa, are you kidding? Like, I just did the proposal. Of course, I know know what my book is about. She said, okay, tell me in two sentences, what is your book about? And then you know where this went, Breeze. I was like, well, I mean, it's, well, I mean, it's kind of about this, but I mean, I also, I'm, I'm going to kind of bring in some other themes. And basically, I rambled for five minutes and I could not answer her question. But I had been so sure that I knew what my book is about. And don't you see that happen in your work in Catholic fundraising? Often people say, oh, yeah, oh, I, yeah, I know the mission of my organization and, and why it matters, of course. But then, then they can't actually articulate it. 
I thought I thought you were going to put me on, on on the spot and ask me what my mission was. Oh, that's I should have. I should have. Yes, yeah, so when? But I'm ready. If <laughs> right, I what wasn't is your mission? If I wasn't a a good Catholic fundraiser, I I I I not I wouldn't know my mission. Um s- simply it's um to help Catholics fundraise better. Um and I do that through my website. Um I have tons of tons of free content. Um I write a blog about a week every every week um that covers a specific topic. If somebody has a specific question, they email me and I break it down for them and then I post it as well. So for the most part, most people have the same questions, but that doesn't bother me. I'm happy to go into the specifics and I have workbooks, um checklists, guidelines, you name it. I put it on there because it it's I found it so helpful um in my experience when I had to fundraise um, I found it so helpful to just have guidelines of somebody telling me what exactly do I do and how do I do it. So I simply break it down. This is what you do. These are the basic steps. Um, these are some resources to help you out. And as well, I'm trying to connect, I guess, people who are who are passionate to, to, to do, I guess, to follow their calling, to do something a bit bigger. Um, so I try and connect people. So if I don't have the answers, more than likely I can connect you with somebody who does so that's my mission, and I really try and help other Catholics clarify their mission and then just amplify it. I mean, once you have clarity on what you're trying to do um, and, you know, you kind of get over the fear factor, um, you know, you, you, you just hit the go button, and then you just start every day of the week. Um, you're just you're, you're, you're talking to people about what you're doing, and sooner or later, people get on board, and you just you just allow the Holy Spirit to, to guide you and um, he's always going to be, always going to be putting the right people in front of you. You know, so it seems like what you're saying, Brees, and again, people can get more of this wisdom at catholicfundraiser.net, where, like you said, you do blog posts, you, you share so much of the, these insights, catholicfundraiser.net. So, Brees, it seems like what you're saying is once you know your mission and have complete clarity on that, fundraising is somewhat easy once you have clarity on your mission. Is that, is that a fair summary? Absolutely. And let's just take an example of, you know, if you're trying to help your, if if you have kids and, you know, they're, they're trying to go on a, a pilgrimage or something and you're selling, I don't know, cupcakes or um, I was at a parish uh, this past Sunday that was trying to uh, selling, I think it was spaghetti lunches. Um, don't have the focus be the cupcakes or the spaghetti lunches. Have it really be, you know, we're trying to go on pilgrimage and we're trying to raise money. And to do that, we have, we're selling a few things. People are going to get connected. You'll be surprised. People get more connected about the pilgrimage as opposed to getting this benefit of having some, having some dessert or having a, having a lunch. And most times they'll pay even more for it because you've really focused on what you're trying to do. So my strong recommendation for anybody is don't have the focus as a transaction because it's, it, especially in the Catholic Church. And that's why I like, focusing on Catholic organizations is it, it's ne- it's never about the money it, it never started with the money it's not going to end with the money um, but it, you know Jesus tells us that you know almsgiving is part of um, our day to day but at the end of the day at the beginning of the day is is people so if you focus on the people if you focus on the mission and at the same time you're saying I we are trying to raise funds if you could donate some dollars uh, we'd be greatly thankful uh, you, I think you're going to do really really well yeah, Brees, I think people are naturally attracted to 
mission. That And an example I was thinking of as you were talking is, for example, quite a few months ago, maybe even last year, at my own parish, the Knights of Columbus were doing a cookout where you could go buy you know, roasted chickens and make it easy for dinner, go pick up a chicken or some sausage. And I heard they announced that the Knights of Columbus, and, and it was they said they were raising money for something, but, but that was not emphasized. It was mainly just these chickens are delicious. They've been roasted all day. And so my calculation was, well, I, I don't know. I do have something in the fridge for dinner. I think we could do that. And then as I was walking out, I talked to someone who said, no, they're raising money for this amazing event center we're doing. This is going to be a place that will put our parish, St. Williams, on the map as a place that has international speakers come in as a hub of thought and of new activity. And, and some of the money might even go to our the free medical clinic we have at our parish where low-income people can go and get the medical care they need. And then... I bought I bought enough food for like three days because, like you said, Reese, that's a great insight. It wasn't about the chickens. I can go get chicken for dinner somewhere else. It, but once they told me about that mission of making our parish this hub of activity, activity, and having this great event center, it instantly it changed my willingness to give. So yeah, I think people are attracted to mission. Jennifer, I I, I can't. I have nothing to add. You I, you have become an <laughs> A, an official Catholic fundraiser. Oh, good. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, that's a great designation. This is actually a huge insight for me, is that when you know your mission and why it matters, asking people for money becomes easy. And, and I think you could even translate this into the career world. Let's say someone listening is thinking that they, that they should have a raise. It's been too long. They need to ask the boss. I think this sense of knowing your mission can come into play there too. Because couldn't you see, Brees, you know, the difference between going to your boss and saying, hey, give me more money. You know, the economy's bad. I've been here forever. Versus saying, I think this company has a great mission. I think it's going places. And here's how I want to be part of where this company's going in the future. Like if you sell them on a mission, I think even asking for that kind of money, a raise at your job, suddenly becomes easy. It definitely does. And you remind me of a great point that, well, now that I remember, <laughs> so thanks for cueing it. Um, it's so it's not only mission, but then if, if 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 you take a look back and you start thinking like, and you ask the question, "What is my mission?" But as well, you know, what value do I bring, or or what am I doing that's helping people? Um, you can walking in, I guess, having that conversation with your boss for a raise. Um, and you start asking, hey, I'm, I'd really like that promotion, you, your focus no longer becomes on um, the money side. It's, it's really looking at the value that you've brought. And if you can outline to your boss, you know, these are the five, these are the six things um, that, I, that, that I bring to the company. And you can even highlight the things that you hope to achieve in the future. Um, you, people start recognizing, I guess, what they probably they 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 probably took for granted in the beginning but not on purpose so if you do ask your boss for a raise or you do ask somebody for a donation um it, it's just not apparent all the time of you know why you know why should i you know why should i listen to you um and it, it's a valid question on their side because you know everybody's thinking about a thousand different things and some people you know you might walk into your boss's office at 11:30 and he's thinking you know where am i going to have lunch and <laughs> so if you're going up and asking him for a, a, a promotion right then you know 
more than likely you're going to get a no because you've disrupted his uh, train of thought on something that's very important to him. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's, you know, him going to lunch is not as important as, you know, where the company is going. But, you know, we're all coming from different perspectives. And I guess taking in light of what your mission is, what value you bring will lead you to start thinking about, you know, how do other people see me? And instead of getting, you know, internalized and saying, I'm really important, I'm doing great work, why doesn't anyone appreciate me? It's looking at it from the other lens of, you know, how do other people see me? What value do I bring? Um, You know, Jesus constantly tells us that it's better to give than to receive. And what I found in my work is that the more, the more I give, the more I receive. And when I got into Catholic fundraising, and I, I pretty much left a career behind me, and I really thought I was going to eat nothing but beans and rice, <laughs> um, I've been pleasantly surprised that when I just took that leap of faith, and I started looking at, you know, what can I give to the church? What can I give to people? Um, it's transformed my whole perspective on life. So um, looking at not only mission, and but looking at mission and value and you know, how am I helping other people? And if I think if you can, and again, we might be thinking, oh, I, I already do that. Well, we can always do it a bit better. At least I've been fundraising for five years now, and I'm learning more and more that I can do my job a bit better. I can hone in my own mission a bit better. And even the uh, the Catholic organizations that I help currently, um, there's always something more that we can do. Oh, I, I I love what you said there because we, we talk on this show a lot, Brees, when we have people on who are experts in the spiritual life, they talk about spiritual direction, how we can grow closer to God. They always talk about humility. You hear this a lot in the saints as well. The saints are mm. constantly saying that if if you want to know God, if you want to just be the best person you can be, it starts with humility. Mm. And and I hear that lesson in what you're talking about there that, yeah, I think sometimes when we are really excited about our mission, whether it's the, the job that we do at work or something that we're raising money for, like our even our kids scouting organization, whatever, or a podcast we're starting, whatever the case may be, it's easy to suddenly have a sense of self-importance about that. Like, well, God's calling me to this. This is this is so important. So everyone, I need to be able to walk into my boss's office and he writes me the big check or knock on my neighbor's door and they give a large amount of money. Yeah. And, and I think cultivating that virtue of humility, of realizing, you know, I, I do plan to do a great podcast, but there are a lot of great podcasts out there. And, and so I need to approach the people I'm raising money from with humility, with an understanding that they have a lot of other things going on in their lives. Or with my boss, like you said, walking into your boss's office, realizing, you know, I bet he's hungry for lunch. Why don't I think about his needs for a minute before I talk about my mission and my raise and why I should get that promotion? I, I, I see, I, I'd never really thought about the importance of humility in in the fundraising world. An, an, I guess another part aspect of it, 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 yes, it's very important to be humble, and particularly in fundraising. However, when we think about connect humility in fundraising, we tend to connect, we, we, we tend to lean towards, well, everyone, if people really like what I do, they'll just automatically give. Right, right. And so... I guess this leads me to the ask part. Um, Yes, we have to ask. Um, I I think, you know, probably about a month ago, somebody sent me a um, kind of a short biography on the fundraising life of St. Ignatius of Loyola. 
And, um, you know, when his name pops up, we usually think of the, the spiritual exercises. Um, but he was a really great fundraiser. And I think for his, the latter part of his life, when he was trying to lay the foundations for the Jesuits, um, he was really, really focused on um, asking for donations and building as many schools as possible. And if you look at, you know, even St. Francis of Assisi, um, he he had no shame in asking people um, because I guess like Jesus, he, he knew what he was going to give them in return. So it's not going up with a boldness and saying, oh, you need to give because of my mission. It's always grounded in that if you give to me, you're going to be amazed at what I'm going to give back to you. So it's always, even when you do get that donation, um, it's just the beginning. I always talk to people about the follow-ups. And it's not just about sending the, the letter in the mail after or just saying thank you when somebody hands you a check or hands you some cash. It, it's really after, you know, pray and reflect about how, how do I keep this person in the loop, not just for a recurring donation, but as well to show them what their money is doing, what how it's transforming. I think a lot of the great saints, you know, in order to to, to do anything with their work, um, they, you know, they had to receive money. They, they had to, whether it be money, gifts, resources, land, um, you know, they were all, they had to ask and, you know, they, they, they had to bite the bullet. Um, and I, I guess that's what Jesus teaches us to do is to go out and, and to be dependent on people because the same thing in fundraising, all donations come through people. And so the second you start focusing on the person and recognizing there's much more involved here, and it's not just about the money, you really focus on the person and you continue that relationship, um, you're setting yourself for, for, for going where God wants you to go. Oh, I, I love that. And I mean, it, it sounds like what you're saying there is don't objectify people. When you need to raise money for your kid's school, ask your boss for a raise, whatever the case may be, it is easy, I think, to sometimes look at people as just a potential dollar amount. And then once you get the money, you kind of run away and do your thing until it's time to ask them for money again. I know, Brees, with some of the organizations we donate to, sometimes you do kind of feel that way that I never hear from them unless they need money. Whereas actually an example of this done well is my uh, my uh, cousin of mine is a monk at Mount Angel Abbey. So we'll, we'll sometimes make donations. And they send these beautiful letters about once a month. And it includes a reflection from the abbot. And it's a profound spiritual reflection that relates to the season. And it talks a little bit about what they have going on. Um, and, and sometimes I think they've even sent out CDs of their monks chanting. And they're not asking for anything. It's just to enrich the people who are on their mailing list. And it makes me so much more likely to donate because it, it goes back to what you just said, Brees, that if that the proper attitude with fundraising is to say, if you give to me, you are going to be amazed at what I give back to you. And I really sense that with Mount Angel and some of these other organizations that we support, that they, I feel like they are constantly lifting us up. They are constantly giving back to us. And that's, and, and, and I, so I don't feel objectified. Like I only hear from them when they need something. Well, I'm, I'm glad other people are doing this because sometimes I think, am I the only one or <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm going down the wrong road. Um, when I speak to people about fundraising and I look, I guess, at their, at how they're communicating, I always ask them to open the catechism, um, part f section or part four is on prayer. And again, the Catholic Church, is fan I love being Catholic because they lay things out so clearly. Um, part four explains there are four ways of prayer um, or four types of prayer. And I try and 
reflect my communication with fundraising to way where with praying uh, with prayer and prayer the way I describe prayer is kind of the way I talk to God and the four ways you can talk to God is um, you can praise him um, you can thank him um, you can intercede or ask for an intercession or you can petition and you know I, I raise my hand a lot of the times with my prayer life, I'm always asking God for something. Like, God, please give me this. Yeah, yeah. Just if, if you give me this one thing, I'll be, you know, I'll do X. Um, but if, if you look at the three other ones, it's it's, it's praise, thanks, and, and interceding. And I really ask Catholic organizations to see how they can embed those other types of uh, communication um, with their donors, their followers, whoever's around them, particularly interceding or doing something for somebody else. You know, we can quite quickly, you know, write a letter um, saying, oh, we're doing some great things, you know, at such and such Catholic charity. By the way, donate. But how about asking the question, what can we do for you? Um, it's, I, I, I see that as a great opportunity for anyone. And even at the local level, even if you're at the back of the church again with your, with your kids, you know, how can I help you? Um, pe- pe- people love that. More than likely, they're not going to take you up. But, um, you know, they're going to see a different side of you, just like, you know, just like with the monastery. They're, they're seeing somebody that's giving before they're asking. And again, it's give, 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 and you will receive, receive a hundredfold. Oh, I, I love that, Brees. Well, this has been fascinating. I really encourage people to get more of your advice. You you do all sorts of blog posts and just share your wisdom very freely at catholicfundraiser.net. And they can look you up on Twitter at Brees Catholic, and that's B-R-I-C-E. And if people follow me on Twitter, I just tweet it at you so they can find your handle there by by just looking me up. And so, Brees, before we wrap up, I want to ask, now, you do you currently live in London? Is that where you're currently based? I'm currently based in London, but I am moving. Moving to the south of France. Tough life, I know. Greece. Like really rough, hard rough. knocks, right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So, what is the difference you see between the faith in Europe? I guess broadly speaking, we're speaking more of the UK and and France here. And then you're here in the United States doing kind of a tour promoting your Catholic fundraising work. What What do you see? Is there a difference in the church in terms of the way the average people relate to their faith and and see their faith? I I, I definitely see a difference. I think in the United States. Um, we're much more open to to talk about our our, our, our Christian roots, um, and just driving around. Maybe it's because I'm in Texas, but you know, so many. You know, so how do you call it? The, the, the stickers on the back of cars. I I all of a sudden I forgot what they're called. Bumper stickers. Yeah. Because I, I I don't have a car. I don't drive in a car. I forget what they are. You know, everyone <laughs> is is clearly stating you know their views. You you have a lot of crucifixes, crosses that are people are wearing. So people are much more open about um, about being Christian or even being Catholic. Um, definitely in London, it's just a completely different world. I know when I first moved there, I thought my mom called me up, and she's a very lovely uh, French Catholic woman. And you know, to, to, to see her son move to England, she thought, "Oh my gosh, he, he's going to die." Um, it, it's 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 definitely a bit harder. Um, you know, Catholics are a very very small proportion of the population, and even you know, on paper, it's the Church of England, but it it, it it's very secular. Um, and you have to be kind of careful what you say. Well, 
I, I'm, I'm still going around telling people I'm Catholic, but you, it definitely prepped me up for apologetics. I mean, people have no problem going up and asking you, why do you, why are your views like that? I don't agree. Um, you're, you're living in the, you know, in the dark ages. And with, with France, <laughs> and France is, I mean, um, I'm, I'm so sad to say this, but it really is the re-evangelization of France right now. Um, where on paper, I think it's like 95% of the population's Catholic, but, um, it's, I think only 4% actually go to mass oh that's a huge disparity yeah yeah wow wow that's incredible and the, and i mean here in, in texas now i live in austin which is a little bit different anyone knows this area knows that austin is different but the in the rest of texas i mean if you were to let's say be at a social event just a regular event in the city and you were to say something like yeah my husband and i have really been praying about what to do we're just we're hoping that god shows us where we should be in in that path that would be a normal thing to say in most parts of texas at just a regular old secular event but you would be seen as kind of weird if you said that like if you were at a party in london and you're like yeah i've really been praying about it but god hasn't really spoken to my heart on that issue people would think what you're you're a freak <laughs> Yeah, in in Europe, you never say our your, our thoughts and prayers are with you. They you ne- don't. No, they say our thoughts are with you. Um, really? And I well, your thoughts don't do me a lot of good. No, they don't. <laughs> so give me some money. Right? Yeah, that's right. You're a Catholic fundraiser, yeah. so you can say that. Well, Breeze, this has been so much fun to chat with you. We'll have to have you on the show again from your from your chateau in the south of France. I'm I'm picturing you living in a chateau because that's where what everyone lives in in the south of France. I've never been to France, but I have all the stereotypes. So you'll be drinking wine and like eating fine cheese. I mean, is that about right? That, that's about right. And, and, and Jennifer, you and, and your six kids are more than welcome to come. Well, you better be careful because, you know, the other one of the other hosts on this channel, Lino Rulli, said that about his wedding in Rome. I don't think he thought we would actually show up. And then we showed up. So you be careful about inviting the full boilers to your French chateau because we will be knocking on your door a couple months from now. <laughs> I'm, hap- I'm happy to see you all. As, as long as you bring a case of Shiner. All right, well, that's easy. That is done. Well, this has been so much fun. I really want people to look you up at catholicfundraiser.net. You share free advice. You, it's all over your blog. You're very generous with what you know. And this, again, this is relevant to someone who's asking their boss for a raise or the head of a secular company who needs to fundraise. You have great tips, catholicfundraiser.net. People can find you on Twitter at Brees Catholic, and Brees is spelled B-R-I-C-E, Brees Catholic. I just tweeted you as well. And Brees Sokolowski, thank you so much for joining us again here on the Jennifer Fulweiler Show today. Thank you, Jennifer, and have a great day. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you can say that. You're in America. You're in Texas. God bless you, too. Safe travels, Brees. And we've got more after this here on the Jennifer Fulweiler Show.